0: If you are running a business and trying to grow beyond low six figures, you need a social media platform strategy. There is no doubt about it. Can you grow up to six figures without it? Yeah, you can. However, this will make it much easier for you. I want to walk through not the specifics of government contracting and nuances around government contracting and get super deep in all that. I want to talk high level strategy today and I am going to talk some tactics with you, but I really want to give you the picture of how to use this, why you should use it and And point you in the direction to get you started if you're not engaged in this. And that is probably 99% of the listeners that I talk to. I watch everybody that's connected to me. I watch new clients. I go through their profiles and look at what they're doing. And I can tell most people do not have a content strategy of any kind. Most people aren't posting or using their social media at all. So let's walk through this. There are two places that you need to be. Because that's the number one question everybody asks me is, where should I be? The two places you really need to be are LinkedIn and YouTube. YouTube is initially primarily for search and long-term, the search is so amazing because since YouTube is owned by Google, those are the number one and two places searched for almost everything. One of the third ones is probably TikTok. You know, when you look at TikTok and I know the government doesn't use it, but when it comes to the search capability, a lot of people look for videos, look for ideas, how-tos, whatever it is on TikTok. So it's huge for search. But the first two big ones are YouTube and Google, right? So if you know that, you know it'd be foolish to skip out on that. So the two places you need to be LinkedIn and YouTube, there's a lot of ways to get started with this. I primarily say pick one of those and start there and think of this as a really long-term game. So for me, when I got into those social platforms, LinkedIn was a very quick access. You could start scaling and growing followers, connections. You could do that really, really fast. YouTube is much slower. So slower growth, unless you just all of a sudden hit it out of the park and something goes viral, which is a fraction of the YouTube channels out there. It's a real fraction of those YouTube channels. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. I like LinkedIn because it's a great place to get your profile set up. And next thing you know, you're posting, you're engaging, you're connecting with folks and you're in it, right? You're in it. When I first got started, my thoughts were, hey, over the next 12 months, this is kind of what I want to build on here. And then as I got deeper into that journey, I'm like, oh, this isn't a 12-month journey. This is like an endless journey. But where do I want to be in the next three to five years? Where do I want to be 10 years from now? And I started looking out these placeholders that were much farther out, and that helped me get perspective on how to develop things. And so now I have 16,000, 17,000 followers on LinkedIn. It's growing very quickly right now. And I'll tell you, it wasn't in year one where I hit a tipping point, you know, where it just started going up. It was probably year five or six where I hit a tipping point and it started going up. With YouTube, it was a little bit different. I'd had my YouTube channel for I don't know how long, never really did a whole lot with it, had a couple of videos. And then a couple of years ago, I decided to do what I called a hundred video challenge. I'm going to do a hundred videos in 90 days no matter what. That was my th- that was my challenge. After 90 days, I had done somewhere around 80 videos and it just wiped me out. But I learned a lot from doing those 80 videos. And I took a break for a few months. And then I came back with a strategy and I was doing a couple of videos a day. And we probably did 200 videos in 90 days after that. And then we, we focused on the next round of videos and the next round of videos. And now we're kind of in a groove and we're consistently putting out a video a day of some sort on YouTube and LinkedIn. That really accelerated my growth on YouTube. So like the first year, we kind of started trickling, trickling, trickling. And now on YouTube, we're starting to go into this tipping point where it's really starting to like, I was like, wow, we just grew more in 30 days than we did all of last year. How did that happen? And it's starting to grow because these things compound on each other. You'll see that whether it's your LinkedIn page, whether it is your YouTube channel, the more you are consistent about it, the more you'll start to see that tipping point where, hey, it is starting to really grow and it just compounds and compounds and compounds. Where should you start? LinkedIn is number one for our government contractors. And then the second one is YouTube. But think of it more like a 12-month plan to, I'm going to start the next 90 days on LinkedIn. After that, then I'm probably going to add our YouTube channel. After that, I'm going to add like a video strategy or whatever it is you need to do and just keep going and keep adding things. Add one or two things a quarter. Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever going to need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. When I think about strategy, your strategy should be based on who you want to attract and what media is best for your product or service. So who you want to attract it could be a contracting officer, PMs, it could be users of the product and services, it could be teaming partners, it could be commercial clients. There's somebody that you want to attract and that should be the start of your strategy. Like who do we want to attract? The next part of your strategy is the visuals. What's best? Think about this. If you are selling computer equipment, people don't want to see you on a video like this just talking about the computer equipment. They want to see it. They want to see you hold it. You know, like if it's your phone, they want to see you hold it. They want to see you open it up and start doing things on it. You know, they want to see it in action. If you're just talking about it, if you're just writing about it, you're not going to grab users and create engagement. We'll talk about engagement in a little bit. They want to see you use it. So you've got to think visuals. How do we get more visuals, video, photos, those sort of things? People using our product, not just me holding it because this is not very attractive. I'm just holding it. The screen's not even, it's not attractive at all. I want to see people actually doing something with the thing. And as they're doing the things with the thing that I would do with the thing, it gets more interesting and people share it and create engagement. And so you have to look at what you're selling and say, how do we get visual with it? How do we get eventually to video with it? That is the key. I don't care what anybody tells you eventually getting to video is always a goal for you. How do we get to video? Photos are great, but I want to get to video. I'll give you this quick example. Few years ago, this is what opened my eyes to video. I was helping with this nonprofit that we were running and I was in charge of like social media stuff. And every time we would post to social media, like text, we would get five, 10 comments. If we were lucky, maybe five, 10 thumbs up, that sort of thing. Maybe if we were lucky, we posted a photo. That number would go to a hundred, maybe 200 posted a video. It was in the thousands, like views and things like that. That was a metric we were looking at. And all of a sudden, our likes were going up. We were primarily using Facebook at the time for that. And so what do we do? We started switching from just posting comments to, hey, we're doing photos and we're doing video. And as we were doing those two things, we saw the numbers go through the roof. I think there was a Christmas video that I did. 50,000 views or some crazy number. And that just went through the roof. It opened my eyes to how important video is over images and how important images are over text. Now there's some images, if it's just the right image, it's going to go through the roof, but not everything is going to be a home run. A lot of things are base hits. And so you've got to have a good mix of all the three where the end state is getting it to video. We've got to get to video. That is the thing. And so in your business, you've got to be thinking, how do we get to video? That has got to be a key part of your strategy. How do we tell our story? How do we show what we do through video? And if you can do that, you're going to excel past a lot of your competitors. Those are a couple of things there about a high level on the strategy side. The next thing is choosing content. There's two main types of content. There's long form and there's short form. One of those will drive the rest. That's how I can use one piece of content to make 30 other pieces of content. There's no right or wrong way to do this. I've seen a lot of people start with long-form content such as a podcast, an article, an ebook, a white paper, a long post, you know, so it's not just one or two sentences, it's a long post in LinkedIn, maybe it's a testimonial, something like that. They'll start there and then chop it up into short-form content, which is your minute or less videos, it's a sentence or two, it's a photo, it's a comment on somebody else's post, it's a poll. Those are short-form types of content. So long form, short form, you can start with either one and generate the other one. I think Alex Hermosi is really popular for this. He loves Twitter or X as it's known now. He will just post stuff on there all the time, three, five, 10 times a day, just stream of consciousness, quick thought. And I do that a lot of times. And when he sees something hits, like it's getting likes and shares, he's like, ah, oh, let's make a video about that. Ah, oh, let's make a podcast about that. And it turns into more content. On the flip side, a lot of people will take a podcast and they'll chop it up into 10 or 12 pieces. Then they'll make an article about it. Then they may make a white paper about something inside of it. There's all kinds of ways to use one form or the other to create the other form. So don't think you have to only do one or the other. I still like podcasts. I'm making one right now. I still endorse those as a really good thing. I do think if you're going to make a podcast today. If you're looking at 2023 and beyond, you have to look beyond what I'm doing. I've been doing this for eight years. As of now, I've been doing this for eight plus years. If you're starting and trying to copy what I'm doing, it's likely they're not going to work for you. Or it's not going to work for you the way you intended, or it's going to be slower or something along those lines, simply because you're the late adopter. If you're just now getting started, you're the late adopter. I'm an earlier adopter, and I've had people following us for eight-something years. It's different. So you've got to think, like, what's my spin on it? Do I want to do a talking head video like this? Do I want to do more interview style? Do I want to do these outside near the beach or on my deck or in the hot tub or whatever right you've got to come up with something that makes it different than what i'm doing because there's a lot of people over the last eight years that have migrated to doing what i'm doing and it's no longer grabbing attention on new podcasts the way it was unless you just have a lot of media around it so you've got to get a different spin on it just a little bit of advice on that but articles are good But I found that people are often too wordy in the articles unless it's really, really well written. I'd rather you write one article a month than one a week and have the one a month that's really, really good. But I'd rather you at the end of the day write a short piece of content every single day than write one long article because it's all about awareness and engagement. That's going to be my final point that we talk about towards the end of the podcast here. But awareness and engagement, and you cannot create that with one post a month. You've got to be doing this on a regular basis, which gets me into the tactics for your strategy. When I think about the tactics, the first one is your posting schedule. It's got to be a regular schedule. Now, do you have to post every single day? You don't, but you need something regular and it needs to be a couple of times a week at a minimum, a couple of times a week. But I will tell you, if you want to get the most awareness and engagement a couple of times a week is not going to cut it. I post anywhere from two to three times a day on each platform. That's my goal. Now, we take breaks and we slow down. We go to just one a day on both platforms. But that's one a day on both platforms. A lot of people only post once or twice a week on one platform. So you've got two or three times a week I've got a minimum of 14. I'm going to create more awareness and engagement. At one point last winter, while we were testing some theories, we were doing 160 posts a week over six platforms, 160 a week over six platforms. It created a giant boost in our engagement. We're in the process of probably going back to something similar. It's not going to be like that, but it's going to primarily be, it's going to be more than what it is today. I'll just say that. So you've got to think about your posting schedule. It's got to be regular. It's got to be consistent. And it's got to be something that you stick with long-term. So think of, hey, what can I do long-term and focus on that? not just, hey, we're going to post a bunch of stuff for 30 days, see what the analytics say, and then decide to do social media or not. You can't do that. You got to be committed for like a long time. Don't go into this without saying, hey, we're going to do this for a year. Our goal is to do this for an entire year and see what happens. Because even when I did my 90 day challenges, I knew I was going in with a year long strategy to, hey, we're going to do 90 days, take a break. We're going to do 90 days again maybe take a break or not, but we're continuing to stay in it. And for me, it's a long-term, there's no end in sight on it anymore. It's just, what are we going to learn? How are we going to evolve 90 to 180 days? How are we going to evolve and do things smarter, better, faster? Let's talk back to tactics here. When I think about tactics, posting schedule is number one. The second thing is your profiles, making sure your profiles are complete. They don't have to be the best things in the world. But they need to be complete. They need to have your contact information, your websites, photos of you. Well, let me say this. Current photos of you, not glamour shots from 1985 at the mall. It needs to be current photos of you and how you look at work. So this is how I look at work a lot of times. I'm wearing a hoodie today because we're in the middle of fall and I'm, you know, pushing my new state of Tennessee and my saints there, you know, so this is how I look at work. That's what your photos need to look like. They don't need to be you dressed up to the nines going out to a party. How do you show up on zoom? That's how you need to look in your photos. Profiles need to have all the the relevant sections complete. So when you look at your LinkedIn profile, there's a lot more to do there than there is on your YouTube profile. There's background photos and things like that. And look, if you don't have a designer on your team, use Canva. You can quickly use Canva to go in and create a LinkedIn background, a YouTube background, YouTube thumbnails, all that kind of stuff. You can really quickly do all of that in Canva, mostly on the free level. So there's no reason to not have that good stuff. The next thing about your tactics is what tools are you going to use? I just mentioned one of them. Canva is amazing. I'm using Riverside FM to do my recording. We use a product called Descript to do our editing, but there's other tools. I have a Canon R6 behind me. I've got some Elgato lighting on the sides. I've got all these kind of cool things that by the way, won't be in my bio for you to buy or anything like that. But there's all those cool things that are tools that make my job easier and faster. The reason I have the lighting I have is because I flipped Two switches. I have a little dimmers and boom, I've got good lighting on here so people can see me. I've got a good mic. I've got, you know, my Yeti mic here. I've got some headphones so I can hear myself. There's the tools you need to do the job. You don't have to start with a Canon R6. Start with a simple little webcam. Most people have those little Logitech webcams. Great place to start. You don't have to start with a Yeti mic. You can start with a very simple $10 mic. That's where this podcast started. But you need to gather the tools you need to be successful So you can put it all together very quickly. That's the thing, very quickly. And so you can run the race faster. You need the right tools. One of those tools is analytics. Being able to look, whether it's in YouTube, LinkedIn, look on the post, however it is to see, are you being effective? Are you creating things that engage? Because things that engage are the key. Engagement, likes, shares, comments, those all create more awareness more awareness creates more engagement. It's the cycle engagement and awareness. If you do that, more people will learn about what you do. And so what are two of the main things that create engagement or a couple of things? There's links. So calls to action, whether it is inside of a post, inside a video, at the end of a video, in the description, there's links, those create calls to action, and funnels are really, really good too. So if you send somebody somewhere What else can they do while they're there? Hey, go check out our federal access page. They go there. There's an option. There's links for them to click and join, whether it's our free or our corporate coaching program. If they go to our LinkedIn page, there's links for them to buy our books, for them to connect with me on LinkedIn, for them to go to federal access and buy coaching stuff. There's links. There's things that create engagement that are offline from the social side. Other things that create engagement are things like polls, those it, or comments. Those are the fastest way when you're out there just commenting on other people's posts and not saying, hey, go read my post over here, but making a good contribution to their content. Hey, this is a really good point that you made. I really appreciate this. I would add this one thing or whatever it is, right? Simple things that create engagement, that create people going, who is this guy? Oh, let me click on here. Oh, let me follow or subscribe to their thing and watch their thing. So you want to be thinking my main goal of my strategy is to create engagement and awareness. And if you do that through all of this stuff, sales will come on the back end. I'll say that again. If your goal is to create engagement and awareness sales will come on the back end. And instead of it being sales where you are outbound pushing, trying to get sales, sales will be inbound coming to you. And what do you think is harder, outbound sales or inbound sales? What's harder? If somebody's calling you, emailing you, what are the odds you're just going to buy? The odds are low. The odds are a fraction of a percent. But when people are calling you, the odds are they're interested in buying. They want to know things like price and details of the product or service. The chances of them buying is like 75, 80% versus outbound sales where it's like 1%. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create inbound traffic that can buy from us because they've already raised their hand and said, I'm interested in what you've got tell me more. That's what your social media strategy should do. And if you use those two platforms to create awareness and engagement, I guarantee you, you're gonna create more inbound sales, opportunities for sole source contracts, opportunities to engage with contracting officers, PMs, end users to talk about how you can serve them. Opportunities for you to have conversation with teaming partners to discuss, hey, how can we go after these contracts together? Opportunities where commercial clients will just come in and buy from you. You'll create those conversations through awareness and engagement through your social media. Now, are they just going to open up their wallet, open up the checkbook and just buy, just transfer your money, send you a wire? No, you're going to have to work for it. But you'll create those opportunities. If you have more questions about this, you want to deep dive into your specifics on your social media strategy, I'd love to have that conversation. The best way to reach me is shooting me a message either on LinkedIn or to my email address, all of which are in the description for this podcast. You can go in there. You can even schedule an appointment with me. My link for that is always in there. We'll see you next episode. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.